Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. And today I'm very excited to have a special guest. Hello, Jamie. Hey, how are ya? I'm good. So we were just chatting before I hit record that this is my first like distance via video interview. So let's hope the audio is good. Let's just, we'll just fingers and toes cross it. Anyway, hi, I'm excited you're here today. I'm excited to be talking to you. I feel like it's been a while since we've been able to kind of sit down and chat. I know. And we're actually going to be spending a couple of days together at the end of this week. So I'm just excited to get onto that. But before we get into like, you know, having some fun, um, I'm excited to have you sit down with me today and talk a little bit about what you do online because you do a lot of stuff. Um, and then also I want to talk a little bit about infertility awareness and it's kind of fitting because October is the month to talk about these things. All right, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Excited to be sharing with you our very first podcast sponsor, Icon Undies. Did you know that one in three women leak? And I'm talking bladder leakage, and it takes the average woman seven years to speak to their doctor. That's seven years of panty liners, missed exercise classes, embarrassment, maybe a little shame mixed in there. That's too long. Icon Undies keep you dry and odor free for light and moderate leaks. The styles include Hip Hugger, my personal favorite, High Waist, French Cut, Bikini, and Thong, with light absorbency holding up to 6 teaspoons and moderate holding up to 8 teaspoons, you are free to do as many jumping jacks as you want. Don't stop your life because of a little leakage. Check out Icon Undies today at iconundies.com and use code MUSE5 to receive $5 off your purchase. That's Icon Undies, I-C-O-N-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com using code MUSE5, M-U-S-E, for $5 off your purchase. You're not alone. There is a solution. Check them out at IconUndies.com and use code MUSE5 for $5 off your purchase today. Also, have you heard of fistula? It's something that can happen after prolonged childbirth, leaving women incontinent. At the end of this episode, I will share how Icon is helping women around the world with life-changing surgeries. All right, back to the show. So Jamie, for people that don't know who you are or what you do online, can you tell me a little bit about what you're up to these days? Yeah, sure. You know, it's funny whenever someone asks that question, you're like, uh, I do, uh, you've got to work on your elevator pitch, right? Um, so yeah, Jamie Scrimger, I am a blended family parenting blogger. So I'm a stepmom of three, a mom of one, second wife, and I blog and just talk really candidly about my experiences as a stepmom and in a blended family and really am focused on doing that in a positive light because when I you know, when I became a stepmom, I, I just found that there was a lot of negativity out there, a lot of stereotypes and stigma. And so I'm really trying to, you know, provide support for stepmoms while still, uh, you know, keeping it positive because I think that there's a lot of extra stressors that come with being a stepmom. And if you are a stepmom, you're nodding your head yes right now. And uh, I like to, you know, keep it positive because if you get wrapped up in the negativity, well, 
as with anything in life, it's not a good thing. And I am also a life coach with a specialization in step family dynamics. So not only do I talk about being a stepmom, I support other stepmoms along the way with their journey. So I do one-on-one coaching. I have an ebook, I have a program. So I'm really just about you know, providing that support for a group of women who, when I became one, didn't really have the support. Totally. You know, it's funny. Every time I talk to you, I forget how well-versed you are in this space. Like, I know you're the bomb, but I'm just like, damn, like that's a lot that you're bringing to the table. And I find like for someone like myself who, you know, we've talked about blended families on various, you know, Facebook lives and things in the past, but my experience is more as the child of, um, you know, a family who's gone through that. And I just think how lucky people are today to have people like you, because I often talk about that with my dad and I'm like, dad, like there's so many things that you guys could have done better, but there was nobody talking about it publicly. Yeah. And you know what? Still, even, even still people don't talk about it as much as I think that they should. And there's just, a there's still just a lot of stigma against it and a stigma against step parenting and all of these misconceptions. So, you know, I think we're definitely off to a really good start in trying to change that conversation, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Totally. And I still want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing. So talk to me about your course, because I'm always so impressed with what you're up to. But what like when when you say like a course for stepmoms or step parents, what does that look like? Okay. So just to kind of give you a background. So here's how the course started. Um, Well, where the idea for the course started. I uh, when I first became a stepmom, literally after our wedding, I think it was like a couple months, I was laying on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife because, you know, it was tough. And I went to the internet for support and I found nothing. Like I really didn't feel like there was anyone who was giving me- Because how many years ago would this be now? Well, we've been married over five years. It's going to be six years in June. Okay. So I, you know, went to the internet for support and there was nothing there, just a lot of complaining, a lot of negativity. And I just knew that wasn't going to help me. So I ended up doing a lot of work on myself, a lot of work on our family and just kind of really, you know, I was going to be a kick-ass stepmom. Like that was my thing. Like I was going to figure, oh, I thought about getting in my car and driving away at that point. But I, <laughs> and then I was going to, I was going to be a good stepmom and I was really going to figure out how to make this work. So, you know, when I started my blog, I started getting all these questions from people and from fellow stepmoms reaching out and asking me kind of how I had transformed my own step family life. So that is literally my course. It is the kick-ass stepmom project and it's called kick-ass stepmom project. Not because I think I'm like this kick-ass stepmom who like has all the answers and everything together. Cause I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about how to live a kick-ass life as a stepmom. And I think that it's entirely possible to do that amongst the es- extra stressors that come with blended family life. So that's what it is. Um, basically, it is a self-paced course that tells you exactly what I did to get myself up off that bathroom floor and totally. have a good life. And there's videos, there's Facebook group, there's an ebook, there's worksheets, there's a whole community of women who, you know, get it and you know are like-minded stepmoms who are there to support you. And it just gives um, just gives stepmoms an opportunity to kind of get their thoughts out and figure out how they're going to thrive amongst the stressors. Because if they're taking my course, obviously things aren't going so well. Right. And I think it's like, you know, 
you you never you never put this idea out there that your life is perfect or that you guys are getting it right all the time and I think that is what is so damn relatable because yeah sometimes you you see people right now and, and it's very like um I don't know trendy for people to almost be this plastic perfection of like try these five steps and this will all work for you and all your problems will go away and you're just like no this is a constant thing that you need to tap into this community to give you those tips to encourage and support as you go because it ebbs and flows, right? Totally. And I'm always like, you know, people will say to me, oh, so, you know, how did you totally get rid of all of your step family stressors? Or how do you get your husband's ex-wife to stop doing this or your stepkids to stop doing that? You don't, you cannot control anyone else. Like you can control yourself. All the stressors that I had when I first became a stepmom, give or take a little, they're all here. It's all right. the same thing. Um, <laughs> right. Like that hasn't gone away, but if you want to change your life, that starts with you and how you're going to react and how you're going to, you know, even just like your mindset about things. So that's really what I, what I focus on. Sometimes I get nervous because I feel like people are signing up for my course and they think I'm just going to be able to change all like their husband's ex-wife from doing A, B, and C, but you can't, right? Like people are going to do what they're going to do. And if anything, I mean, just you saying this is like, this is good life skills to, you know, you can never control how other people are going to react around you. And something that you and I have in common is that we both married some old dudes. Yeah, they are old. (laughs) Damn. Dean's actually, we're celebrating his 50th birthday this summer. Oh, Dean's old. I know. Ancient. (laughs) But it's, but sometimes even that comes with its own things. Like, even though I am his one and only wife he was with someone for a very long time before he and I got together and that's a strange position to come into like it's funny we kind of joke but this year so we're we've been together for 14 years and it'll be so yeah 14 this year and we were laughing saying I just surpassed by like one or two years the ex and it was like that's like a big deal, you know, because you're just like you you have this whole history with a person and a whole life that you're not part of. And just that, not even including like kids and like what that looks like for your future relationship. But that's hard to come into. So, yeah, totally. And, you know, people will say to me, like, do you get it? Are you insecure about being the second wife and all of that? And yeah, you know, what? at the very beginning, I definitely have my insecurities. But a he couldn't be with me because that was illegal and I was in high school. Um, so like, he, like that, there was that. wasn't an option. Yeah. Not an um, option. That would not have been okay. And you know, be, I got a better version of him. I get a way better version of my husband because you know, his marriage failed. There was no one, it's not one person's fault. Like he totally. probably did a lot of things that led to the demise of that marriage. And he's made a lot, he's learned a lot of lessons, right? So I get a better version of him. And That's then such I a wonderful also- way to look at it. I love that. Cause it's true. Like we certainly get better with age, all of these life skills, the patience, like everything. Totally. And then I also am like, well, and also if he did want to leave, like he can't because he can't afford another divorce, like, cause they're not cheap. Right. <laughs> And really, you're like, there's no stepping up from this. I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah. You can't go any younger. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You might want to try, but it's not going to happen. That's awesome. And so you also have a few new things you're working on. Can we talk about it? Is it like public knowledge yet? Like your, your podcast? Oh yeah. I'm doing a podcast. I forgot. I was like, what do you, what do you mean I'm doing? Yeah. I'm starting a podcast. Um, yeah. And I'm launching it in a couple of weeks for so my 30, my 33rd birthday. Woohoo! So what's your podcast? Is it going to be like, I haven't heard your, your pitch about your podcast yet. 
Yeah. You know, just like most things in life, I'm just kind of figuring that one out as I go, Amanda. Um, so it's, you know, <laughs> I, like it's, I could high five you through the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're all just figuring it out as we go. Right. But yeah. basically it's just kind of the same thing as what I've been talking about. I really talk about, you know, all things, motherhood, stepmotherhood and living a kick-ass life. So there's going to be step parenting elements in it, but there's also going to be, you know, I might talk about, you know, the business end of what we're working on and, you know, being a female entrepreneur and, you know, just anything that comes up, sex life, whatever. So anything that kind of has to do with my life, I'm just going to share it. Um, on the podcast. I love it. Actually, I am so obsessed with podcasts. When I meet a person that doesn't listen to podcasts, I'm like, can, can we be friends? Like, I don't know if I can relate. Like, I don't, what, what do you mean? You, you just sit there in like silence. Like what, what is that about? Totally. My new criteria in life is you, you have to have to drink wine. Like if you don't drink wine, I don't understand. And <laughs> to listen to podcasts like those oh my are my God, two, I know. two qualifications for my friends actually now that I have you talking about podcasts what are what are your like your go-tos right now that you just never miss on a weekly I'm like all business like are uh, you yeah I love like Sunny Sunny Leonard Doozy like she's the YouTuber right yeah um, Jenna Kutcher also really love like Rachel Hollis and the Rise podcast and all of that what else do I listen to Amy Porterfield I'm kind of like business you're very businessy like, it's true I know I always ask you for the good business. Like you, you always give me really solid, like especially female entrepreneurs who are like really killing it in that space. I'm like, okay, Jamie will know. I'm, st- I'm still all about entertainment at the moment. I think I think sometimes like my brain needs to shut off from like working. And so I'm just like, no, I don't want to think about it. Like I want I want to be just entertained and laugh or whatever. No, totally. Yeah. I'm definitely into like that kind of podcast right now because I do really like, you know, I see my business at some point going into more strategy and doing that kind of stuff with people. Like there's, when I talk to someone about their business, I'm like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And I get so pumped up about it. So maybe that's just a sign of what's to come. Totally. Totally. Well, I'm very excited for when this podcast launched of yours and we can start to listen to that. Um, but something I wanted to talk about today specifically, which I think is still, I even feel a little bit nervous talking about it because I feel like I have no place to talk about this, but October is, I want to get this right, but it's um, pregnancy and infant loss awareness month. And that also includes miscarriage and infertility awareness. And so that's like, it's a pretty, that's a pretty heavy subject matter. Um, and when I looked at the numbers of how many women are impacted, it's astonishing actually how many couples uh, experience infertility. And it's something like one in eight women. And maybe that number is even bigger. I'm not sure, but um, something that is harder to talk about if not just infertility is that secondary infertility um yeah i see you nodding your head (laughs) it really is it and it's almost like i mean you and i and i've talked about this with you and other people but people like in real life experiencing these things but what is it like what is it that people you know what's the reaction why why do you feel like you can't i mean you are talking about it so that's amazing but why do you feel like like women in your position can't talk about it well i think it's just very personal right it mm. really is personal and it's this you know when you talk about it there are times when you're like i'm going to start crying right like it is the most heart wrenching um just you feel like something's wrong with you and I feel like that's why people don't talk about it because it's just hard to talk about it. And then when you get people like me, like there's been periods in our process with, so we're dealing with secondary infertility right now. We've been, you know, my daughter's four. And so we've been basically trying to get pregnant since she was a year and a half or so. And 
you know, when people want to start talking about it, people don't really even know how to navigate their way around that because it is an uncomfortable conversation to have. But I think it's an important conversation to have because, you know, so many people are going through this. Like, it's just, it's like I talk about step parenting. I'm like, no one talks about what it's like to be a stepmom. It's like, no one talks about what it's like to deal with infertility and secondary infertility. And especially when you already have a child or multiple children. And it's like, it's almost like people are going, well, you don't really have a right to complain because you already have one, you know? And it's such an insensitive way of thinking about it because you're right. It's it's like, you know, it's, it's you feel like there's something wrong because you're like, my body is supposed to do this. This is why we're here. Like procreate, it should be easy peasy. I'm ready, you know? It's like, wh- why isn't this happening? Um, yeah, totally. And you know, I think that, I think that when people say like for us, so I have three stepchildren and a daughter. So we are like this week, we have 10 hockey games and practices oh that we need to get to. Right. And like, like we literally are on the go all the time. We have a very full house. We needed to be, I had to have a seven seater car. Like there's no shortage of children around here. Um, so when I talk about, you know, wanting to have another one, I do actually like, we get this look that's like, really like, is that that necessary? And not your call. You know, I, you know, I have three stepchildren, but I will be the first to say, and you know, when people, when I say this out loud, you can see people's face be like, Oh my gosh, but it's a very different relationship than I have with my daughter that I don't love. I love them very differently. They're no less important in my life, but it is a different kind of love. The love that I have for my daughter versus the love that I have for my stepchildren. It's just different. Um, And I want more of the love that I have for my daughter. I want her to have someone who's here with her when my, you know, her brothers and sisters go back to their moms. Cause you know, she also faces a lot of, um, you know, of the, she's kind of like consequences of our dynamic. It's, it's sad for her when her people leave. So I can I want that for her. And so I don't think it's anyone's position to say, Oh, well you have enough or, you know, you should be fine with what you, what you have. And it's still shitty. It is. We love to swear. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. It's my channel. Amanda's got a potty mouth. I, I remember you posting that on an Insta story recently where um, Reese was by herself. And it's something that you're right. Like when I think about your family, I just go, yeah, like she's got lots of kids running around that house and it must be super loud and fun. But there are those moments where it's really quiet and Reese is so low. And that must be like, like, do you find that she goes through like a little bit of sadness when her siblings leave? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, there's been times where it's been fine and where she gets used to it and she'll say, you know, they're with their mom and we share them with their mom. And then there's other times where she's super sad or when we would drop them off, she'd be like bawling in the back. Um, so like with it, like there's always adjustment periods. School has been a little difficult for her because she now goes to the same schools or her, um, brother and he goes on the same bus as her has a different stop and is at school but it's like she sees him, but she can't, right? right? So when she's not with us or when he's not with us, she sees him, but it's like she can't go give him a hug or he's not getting off the bus with her and all of that. So that's been a bit of a challenge, but you know, it's like with anything, like you get used to it and time heals and you kind of learn how to navigate your way through the different hurdles. My guess is based on her personality. At some point, she's going to find a real good way to reap the benefits of the only <laughs> child versus the youngest every other week. Um, that girl cracks me up. She is just a firecracker, that one. Yep, oh my God, is. I love it. So I literally had to drive oh, her today with a pack of Skittles to keep her hair up for school pictures. <laughs> like she does what she wants. 
<laughs> I wonder where she gets it from. No, Her little, little fiery mama over there. Oh, my God. Okay. So when we spoke, I don't know if it was a year ago or something, and you were talking about um, just bringing in different subject matter for, for what you do online because it it's been very step step parenting focused. And you're like maybe bringing in some more lifestyle, which I think the podcast is a great avenue for that as well. Um, have you started talking about your infertility online? Yeah, I have done a bit. I did, um, you know, today's parent did an interview with me and they came down and did this big interview and this video and man, I didn't realize how sad this whole thing was until they put the whole interview together with the sad music behind it. My dad's like, I can't watch it. I'm like, I can't watch it. I didn't, I think because I've been talking so openly about the secondary infertility, everyone thought I was fine. Right. So I've, Mm. so no one thought like they needed to provide me with any support or that I, you know, needed anything behind the scenes because I've been so open about it and it's been great. The feedback's been amazing. And I'm glad I have this, you know, I have this platform where I can open up conversations about things and, you know, help uh, normalize the feelings that other women are having. But sometimes when you do that, it prevents you from actually feeling what's actually going on because you're so focused on sharing that you're less focused on experiencing. Oh and girl, that speaks to me actually. To- yeah. Yeah. So right now we're, you know, in the next steps and we're like going through like treatments and doing all of that. And I haven't talked about that online at all because Honestly, at some point, I really kind of thought I was going to talk about it for like a couple of years and then we would have this like big happy thing and it would all work out. Yeah. And now here I am still and I'm like, I'm still freaking talking about secondary infertility. I am still not pregnant. And right. it's just at some point it's like, okay, it's hard. I imagine that to be very hard. And you're, you really nailed it though with that when you're sharing, it's almost like you're this poster person for whatever it is you're talking about, like secondary infertility and you're not... You're, you're offering so much support to other people that you're not like settling into what the hell you're actually going through. And I can relate to that just on some degree of having shared my life for so many years online. Like, you know, you go through these big moments and you're like, I'm just going to share it. But as you're sharing, you're not really like, you're like, I'm going to type my, I've written the video description about it. I'm feeling fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know? And Sometimes it is nice to go through it and then come back and go, okay, let's talk about that journey. Let's talk about that experience. Um, yeah, and, but and that's it, why I'm taking a break right now because I haven't been talking about it. Um, and I'm just kind of really like feeling the feels and, you know, just, I don't know, taking it day by day. And, you know, at some point where whatever happens with this journey, and by the way, I really hate the word journey, but it's really the only <laughs> word that I can use right now. I know I have the word journey written down like four times. Cause I'm like, what, oh. what other word is it? It's yeah, like, can we find another word for journey, please? I know. Um, Cause struggle is too harsh. It's too negative, you know, but it's like, anyway, you're fucking doing it, but go. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll come, we'll, I'm in a journey. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, when I get to a point where I just kind of feel like I'm at maybe the end of that specific journey, I will come back and I think I'll start sharing about it then. But just right now I'm just, I don't feel like I'm in the emotional space to, to start doing like day to day updates, like what's going on and, Yeah. And you know, my husband is a very personal person, right? Like Mm. I say to him, I'm like, I did not anticipate marrying a man with three kids and he did not anticipate marrying someone who is going to plaster his life all over the internet. Right. So, um, I do have to, you know, at one point I was like, maybe I'll vlog this whole process and this whole journey. And then he's like, yeah, no, you won't. Like that's, you know, this is personal. Like some things do, you know, stay personal. And that goes back to, you know, I'm a very open person, 
but even that is personal for us. So I think that's why people don't talk about it too. Because it's just there hard. is, there is, and I think like things that have some some taboo about it there is a shame that's associated with it right like you know just at the top of what we were talking about at the top of the episode it's like you feel like some like am I broken I you know when I read about things online like you know why why couldn't these two people who when they get tested seem perfectly healthy and then they just can't seem to have a baby you know um I have that in our like our family has that and then you know that said family went on to adoption because it was like the best solution for their family um and just to touch on that little t- subject about your husband, obviously he's very private. We don't want to go into details, but, you know, oftentimes you think it's just the woman who's experiencing all of these, you know, these feelings, maybe because we're, that's kind of how we share as women in community. But, you know, does your husband kind of go through those ups and downs with you or is it like just different the way he processes it? I don't know. I think that he is trying so hard to be there for me and to be you know, strong for me that, you know, and actually you even asking me that question, I'm like, Oh shit, have I been supportive to him? Right. Um, Because, you know, he's just kind of trying to keep me through it. Right. And, you know, every month I am in his arms, bawling my eyes out. Like I come across very strong and people will say to me, you just seem like such a secure, strong person. And I am, but you know what there, I do give myself a day to be not right? And to really like feel the feels and just like process everything. And then I just like dust myself off and I get up and I say, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So you move on to the next thing. So he's very focused on supporting me, but there has been times when I've been like, do you even care? Like, are you upset right now? He's like, I'm very upset. I'm trying to think about what to say next. I'm like, who thinks about what they say before they say it? <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> That's not how I do things. So sometimes right. just processing it on the inside and I'm all like, do you care? But he does. He's just. Told, and it must be just, you know, as the man in that dynamic, you know, we're the ones with the womb that would be carrying said baby. Like there's, there's kind of a lot riding on us in this experience. And so I can see where he's like wanting to support you feeling sadness, not wanting to say the wrong thing to like trigger perhaps you even more, you know, and. Oh, and you know, it's... the problem is, is when you're on all these hormones, there is no right thing. Like he's right. kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Right. You know, we're doing that right now. And so I'm taking like fertility drugs and like all of this stuff. And actually, I think you and I were at an event once and I was kind of like all out of sorts. I remember. And, yeah. And you and Joanna were like, yeah, like you are on a lot of drugs. Like you've got. <laughs> we were I got like the elbow from Joanna was like we we need to check in on Jamie like I don't think she's okay right now and I think there's a lot going on in her life and it's like okay and hormones so mm. totally you know at like life plus hormones is a lot and you know poor guy right now you know I don't mean like I do typically make light of situations um just because you don't know what to do. Like I've got some pretty funny things that I say when we're at the fertility clinic just because it's awkward and weird and uncomfortable for everyone right totally but um you know, there with the drugs, there's times where I'm like, I am being so irritable and so frustrated right now. And I'm just not a nice person to be around, but I'm being it. And I'm knowing I'm being that in my head, but I can't stop. Right. Right. Like you're, there's just so many emotions. So on top of that, he's dealing with like a wife who's just kind of like a frazzled mess, um, from time to time, but he's, He's doing okay. He is. He's oh, a there's, a, there's a wonderful photo of you guys on your Instagram where you're both just laughing your heads off. 
I just like stared at that. I was like, that's so nice. They love each other. Like, it's such a good photo. You're just like sitting on your on your dock. I think at your cottage. It's so cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that it. Was when I, I literally had a tripod up and he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, just like be normal. And then we started laughing. And we actually got that photo. Be normal. Very easy ask. <laughs> so I, I, um, I was kind of looking online before we were chatting today about things about like faux pas or taboos or things that people kind of do. Um, or say to couples or women experiencing infertility that I just wanted to like talk about and maybe they'll go a few places. But um, one of the things was that people may jump to like, okay, so if you share that you're experiencing infertility and they just go, well, like what about adoption? Do you find that people come to you with, are people getting better at supporting or are they so quick to jump to a solution? Like, have you tried this? Or what about adoption? Or what about this? No, you know, what really grinds my gears though, is when people are like, Oh no, my friend, um, my friend had that. And she, on her second round of IUI, she got pregnant. Okay. Well, if your friend got pregnant on her second round, like, obviously I will. Cause like every situation is the same, not like, right. I know they say it cause they want to, um, they, they want to try to make you feel better and provide you with hope and stuff. But that's like, and this is a different example, but when someone's like, tells you that they're diagnosed with cancer. It's like, oh, my friend had, there's, there's a thousand different kinds of cancers. So there's a thousand different kinds of illnesses or, you know, issues that people deal with that. So people will say, try to relate to you and they're doing so with the best of intentions, but they don't, you know, they just don't know what to say. And I think that's important to like recognize no one knows what to say. And there's really nothing that people can say to make you feel better. Actually. It's just shitty. It is shitty. And, you know, that's a very interesting point because I find lately I've been listening to just various podcasts or conversations where it's a difficult subject matter, whether, you know, I could just name off 12 things, but whenever something's very awkward or uncomfortable, I think one of the nicest things is like, I hear you and like, how can I support you? Or, you know, you're like, you're very strong to be going through this or sharing this with me. Like you don't need to actually offer a solution. You can just listen. You know, totally. Or just say like, I think it's really nice when people are like, man, that sucks. Yeah. Like it's such a simple thing to say, but just tell me that, you know, this is really shitty for me. Like, can you just like, tell me that you feel a little bad for me right now? Not mm-hmm. that I want like a, you know, a prayer or a sympathy train, but just like, you know, empathize with it. So just a struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. And just leave it at that. Because I totally vibe with you on being that strong person that people assume is always okay. Um, just because you do have a strength within you that you're, you are able to articulate things. You are a public figure. You know, they go, oh, well, she's definitely got her shit together. <laughs> Meanwhile, you may have just posted that post and then like need to like hide on the sofa under a blanket for the next four hours because you're just like, I'm exhausted or this is emotionally draining. Um, and there was an, an item here that was like, it's okay to be selfish during this time of infertility. Like if, you know, you're, you're just saying hormones, you're going through all of these things, you know, instead of spending maybe a a Friday afternoon on a lunch date, you're going to the fertility clinic. Like you, it's okay to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go for a massage or I'm just going to like let these feelings that I'm feeling like wash over me and just feel them. Totally. And well, uh, first of all, I think it's okay to be selfish anytime. Um, (laughs) Yes. I'm all about the self-care. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think it's just like, do what you need to do right. To get through it. And 
you know what? I was just thinking back, we were talking about journey. Rachel Hollis always talks about seasons in life. And at first when she said that, I'm like, ah, Rachel, that's really corny. Like, do we need to? <laughs> then I'm like, no, it's actually true. Like we do have seasons in life. And I find saying, like thinking about, okay, this is just a really tough season. Um, I find that that helpful too. Because there is like an end to it. You know, I, I, I am somewhat visual. And so I love that. I love the term season. Like, I feel like I've been talking a lot about that just in terms of my childbearing years, which I believe are done. Um, and it's a strange time to be in, to be like, okay, we're done with something like what's coming next, you know? And like, how does that look like, um, for our family and like all of those things. But yeah, I like the word season. It is a little cheesy, but it works. Something I read, and it made me think of you specifically because I hear that you're a new auntie with uh, some very cute little babies. But this one was, 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 I thought, very fitting. It was like, don't hide your pregnancies from a woman or a friend experiencing infertility. Yeah, totally. And I no, did By the it. way, not to say your sister hid her pregnancy. I was just saying, like, there is a baby, and it's like, you can still be happy despite what you're going through. Carry on. Totally. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's, so when my sister was, I knew my sister was trying to get pregnant and part of me was like, she's, it's going to come soon. And I did say to her, I just don't want you to be afraid to tell me or hide it from me. Like, it's okay to tell me I can separate it and be happy for you while dealing with this. But that's not to say that like, she got pregnant for twins with twins. And I'm kind of like, what the hell you get two babies and I get none. Right. Part of you that gets jealous. Right. And I think that maybe people don't talk about that. Like I am so thrilled and happy for my sister and their family and everything that like, it's, it's beautiful and it's amazing for them. And I'm so happy for them. And I'm so, I'm so happy that I don't have twins because that looks like a lot. (laughs) Oh my Um, God. Does it ever? Yeah. But there is also an element that there is that kind of pain of jealousy. Like, why don't I get that? Right. Or when you're walking down the street um, and you see, you know, newborn, newborn babies, or I'll see people who had babies with me when I had Reese and then they have like another one or two, two of them now. I'm like, why don't I get that? So there is still, you know, that jealousy too. But so you're going to feel the pain when someone tells you, when you see a pregnancy announcement, you're still going to as much as you're happy for people, you're still going to get that, you know, like that kind of like pit. Um, but you just got to work through it. Right. Because I always say like my sister and like, and they're going to have their own struggles in life. I don't know what they are. They're probably, maybe they're going through, I don't know what they will be, but, and they have their own blessings, right. And things to be grateful for. And so that's their journey. And I'm so happy for them on that. And I said the word journey again, but it just happened. Um, (laughs) But for us, you know, we have a lot of great things and a lot of amazing things to be like grateful for, but then we also have our shit that we're dealing with, right? Like everyone has their struggles and everyone's fighting some sort of battle and this is ours. And you just, I think if you look at it that way, I find it helpful. I love your honesty about that because I think too often we're like, no, we're just happy. And you're like, I think you are a human being entitled to a wide range of emotion. And you said, I actually wrote down a quote from this woman who commented about this. And she goes, you, she can almost always separate her happiness for her friend from her sadness for herself. You know, like it's like simultaneous experiences of being sad for you that like you would love to have that pregnancy announcement, but happy for your friend or your sister or whoever, because it's a blessing for them, you know, and it's okay to feel both of those things, I think. Um, I wanted to, let's see, there's a couple other things. Um, do you find when you 
come across someone who, you know, you may share your experience with infertility and they begin to share their infertility um, journey with you. Do you find that that kind of helpful, like that moment of they've sort of walked a similar path type of thing? Not so much like, hey, my friend on second IUI got pregnant, but, you know, I hear you. I sympathize. I went through this. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like, you know, when you talk to people, they're like, oh, we had our, our daughter through IUI or, you know, something like that. When you hear those stories, you're like, oh my gosh, you struggled too. And it goes back like to everyone has their stuff. Everyone has their struggle that we don't know anything about. Right. And, you know, that does provide you with hope. And it's made me realize just how many people are struggling with this. Like I was in, I did do this procedure. I don't even remember what it's called. Like people ask me to explain it and I'm like, I don't know. I just go to the doctor and we do something new every day. Right. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I try not to research too much or I'll go a little loony. Right. Right. But, um, I was going through, in the waiting room for this procedure about a year ago and there were five women in their room and three of us had, it were secondary infertility. And I didn't wow. even know it was a thing until it was my thing. Right. So it kind of normalizes that when you're sharing and you're having those conversations, but then, you know, it's also people are successful in their treatments and then they get successful and you're like, I'm so happy for you. I am, but I'm also right. like, why the hell does it not working over here? And actually, this kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, do we only hear about the success stories because once the person has gone through the struggle, you know, that season of for infertility and all the procedures they're having, then they talk about it, then they share it, where maybe the world needs a few people like you who are not necessarily not necessarily sharing like every single detail you have to experience it, but also going, this is this is happening you know, and I'm going through this so that you are offering that hope and that support to women who are going through it as well and who don't know when they're going to get their, you know, their two pink lines or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's a fine line because you are human and you're going through these things and it's real emotions that you have to go through before you share it with people. So one thing I wanted to talk about was in the media. So we spoke last week and there was I guess the infertility awareness like was the week and I think October 15th was like the final day of it. And on that same day, I don't know if you heard, but Meghan Markle, the royal family went and announced her pregnancy on like the very last day. Did you well, how do we feel about this? I think that gosh, people are just overthink everything and I can guarantee you she did not wake up in the morning and was like, "Oh, it's, you know, this infertility week or whatever. I'm going to announce my pregnancy." She wasn't, she wasn't thinking about it. Right? right. And I think, you know, I know people will rebut that and say she had a responsibility to know cause she's a public figure and da, 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 da. She didn't like, you know, I don't think that Meghan Markle is an insensitive person by any means. I think right. that it, it, I think she announced it and it happened and that I, I don't, I think it's, people are always looking for something to talk about. And that just kind of happened. Um, it was a bad coincidence. I feel bad for her cause that was bad. I know. But, you know, I don't think, I think you always have to look at people's intent. And when something happens, it's like, did they intentionally do that? Or did it happen just on accident? Right. Right. And, you know, if someone has malicious intent or they're being insensitive or they have a history of just only thinking about themselves, then absolutely there's an issue there. But if there was just, you know, I, I don't know. I, f I love that. The person's intent. Isn't that so important to think about in all things? And yeah. And I think, I think that there are some people who are insensitive to other, another person's struggle. And, you know, I think as much as like we want, you know, 
we can appreciate that we're going to be happy for people's pregnancy announcements and all of these things. Um, I think you do have to just come about it in a way that's considerate of the other person, you know, like. I also think you don't know what it's right. like until you're in someone's shoes. So I'll give you an example. So my cousin has um, PCOS and oh, yes. was never able to have a baby. So she adopted her daughter. And so she, you know, her daughter right now, how old is Delaney six, seven. And so it's been a while. And so then when I got pregnant with Reese, I remember kind of being like, I just felt like she wasn't excited for me. I felt like she didn't want to, I felt like, I just felt like a weird vibe from her to be quite honest. And, uh, then, you know, afterwards we start, I, I'm dealing with secondary infertility. Right. And I realized what it was probably like for her when we're all announcing our pregnancies and we're going through all the things that we're going through and we're, you know, complaining about morning sickness. And I didn't know that that would be something that would trigger someone until I was in that position. So I think we always need to remember that too. Like I was in the hairdressers the one day and this girl's just complaining about how sick she's been and this and that. And I like, I would have given anything and I still give anything to puke all day and be pregnant. Right. Yeah. But I think if you don't realize how difficult it is, or you don't consider that people around you or know the stats are dealing with this, then you don't even know how to act. So there's no malicious intent there. It's a little bit of ignorance, but I don't think it's again, intentional. Totally. And, it, and there are those moments where people are not going to know what to say. They're not going to know how to respond. Um, I find myself this next awkward thing that's happening in my parenting space is when I meet people who don't have children and we often can assume as a culture, when you see a married couple of a certain age, you just kind of make this the assumption that, oh yeah, you must like, instead of saying like, oh, how old are your kids? It's like, I'm more, oh, I'm far more aware thanks to this beautiful internet and the people that I get to speak to all the time. Like we come from all walks of life and all these different experiences. And it's like, we can't assume that A, people have kids. We don't know why they don't, if it was a choice, if it was fertility, if it was who knows. Um, and I find myself like thinking about different ways to approach conversations with new people. Um, and I think that that's just something that we could all do better, you know, when we think about how we engage with others, whether it's like a close family friend or just like an acquaintance. But to not come into things with assumptions, to not assume, you know, just, just being very careful of how we talk about it because it can be a very triggering subject matter. Totally, totally. But then I also think on the flip side that if you're in that sensitive situation, you do have to just be cognizant that everyone doesn't have the lens that you have and right. they may not be there yet. And so like it does go back to kind of the intent, right? It's about That's opening so up the conversations and educating people, but also being like, okay, they don't know. Like, you know, did the girl in the hairdressers say that complain about being pregnant? and all the symptoms be because she wanted to make me feel bad. No, like right. she's just talking to someone and it just, you know, I think we also have to remember like people are just going to talk and share their experiences and it does trigger other people um, based on their own experiences. But we don't, you don't know what you don't know. It's true. We're all a mixed bag. My dad always tells me that. I'm like, I know, but it struggles. It's a struggle. <laughs> but um, so you have to not be too, too sensitive and be right. able to just like walk. Like be pissed for a second for sure, but just like walk away <laughs> with perspective. I love it. That's such good advice. Um, if you were, you know, giving some final thoughts to people who are maybe listening and going through a similar season, is there anything that you would sort of, any like advice or tips you would give people? 
I would say if you are feeling like you, so if you're trying to get pregnant and it's not happening, you need to go to the doctor and you need to like advocate for yourself right away. Cause let me tell you, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to the doctor and now I'm going to go through this, you know, all of a sudden start treatment. Like it is a long process. I think I went to the doctor like over a year ago, maybe year and a half. I don't know. I should have written all, like written all this stuff down, but mm-hmm. I don't do that stuff. Um, it's been a long process. And I wish that when I had a gut feeling that something was wrong, that I would have gone and started that process. So that would be what I would say. And the second thing I would say is just like, you know what? That's shitty. Like, I'm so sorry that you're going through this shitty time. Um, and like there is, it's one of the situations where it's like, you know, there isn't anything that I can say that's going to totally. make this any less shitty. Um, but, you know, just try to focus on what you do have and what you have to be grateful for. I've spent a lot of time kind of being upset for a while, but I have this beautiful daughter who, you know, she's amazing. And I have three beautiful stepchildren. We have a great life and we have all of these, you know, positive things in our life. And it's really easy to get wrapped up in all the things you don't have and all the things that you want. But what happens then is that you lose sight of what you do. So you've got to, I know that sounds a bit corny, but you, it do, isn't. you it's, really have to focus on what you do have and all the things like you have to be grateful for. Gratitude is life changing. And I find it even mood changing, like instantly. If I'm finding myself very full of doubt or just worry or whatever it is, and I just stop and I'm like, hold on, you know, let's go through some things that are great. And it's amazing how quickly. I write it down every day. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. Well, Jamie, I so appreciate you taking time to chat with me today. And if you guys want to find out more about Jamie, I'm going to have all sorts of links in the show notes. Um, but basically, website is jamiescripture.com. Yeah. Try to spell that. No, Amanda, I'll spell it out for you. <laughs> I know uh, how to spell it real well. <laughs> links below. And uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. And I'll catch you in the next one. I was sharing with you how awesome Icon Undies are for women who experience bladder leakage. P.S. That's one in three women, by the way, so no biggie if you're one of them. I was telling you about fistula, which is a small hole in the bladder caused by prolonged childbirth that leaves a woman incontinent. About one million women in developing countries suffer from fistula, and they are fixed with a simple surgery, but these women often have no access to basic medical care. Icon Undies understands how isolating fistula can be, so every pair sold helps fund fistula repair surgeries through the Fistula Foundation, which, by the way, has been rated 100 out of 100 for accountability and transparency by the Charity Navigator. In their first two years, they provided 228 women with life-changing surgeries, and they're not slowing down. Thank you to Icon Undies for sponsoring today's episode and for giving back to women around the world. If you would like to learn more about Icon Undies, the work they're doing, and pick up a pair of their amazing undies for yourself, check out iconundies.com and use code MUSE5 to receive $5 off your purchase today.